Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Rights. Sorry for that long introduction, but I am doing a whole bunch of things at the back end. And today was just not going very well as I try to queue things up, put things in the system, all of that. But we are here. But yes, it was long. It was long. It was long. Anyhow, folks, we're going to have a great show for you today. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Mike Cisak, welcome aboard. Michael Rodnan, welcome aboard. Eric Hayes, welcome aboard. Bridge MCP, welcome aboard. Lee Grant is in the house. Hayes, well, is Eric Hayes and Bruce Pollard, along with Huffleton Brink. Vote out corrupt corporation GOP. Absolutely so. Absolutely so. And of course, we're here with Yvette Avery. Herod is in the house. Michael Rodnan as well. He says, still go in before the music. Oh, you got in before the music? You did, you did, you did, you did. All right, let's see. Bruce says, howdy from West Kingwood, Texas. Saw a great play. What my constitution means to me, a debate on if we should change it or replace it. We need to change it. We need to replace it. It's nothing but a, a, it's nothing but a capital document, but replacing it will be difficult changing it. There's a lot to change in it. We could do it. Eric Hayes says, uh, Bruce Pollard, no, why not? Why not? It's an old document. A lot has changed since the founding fathers wrote the Constitution. And then the thing about it is, uh, those of you who are very much attached to the Constitution, power to you. I just am not. I can't be attached to something that is so flawed that it actually uh, made me a lesser person. So please, I, I know there are some of you that are constitutionalists and you so believe in the Constitution. Please don't ask Native Americans to feel that way. Please don't ask people of color to feel that way. Because again, let's remember, there's so much of that Constitution that not only wasn't made for many, but actually made the lives of many harder. If you didn't live it, Try to empathize with it. All right. Let's see. Uh, para ver, para ver. Uh, Bruce says, a libre on, uh, on uh, Amazon Prime, but good live in Houston. Uh, hey, what? I don't. Uh, oh, it's available, available, available. Okay, I got you. Uh, Bruce says, some things may need to change. Not sure. A lot of things need to change. Lee Grant says, hi, y'all. Long intro. Yes, I addressed that, my dear Breach. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Here's a local problem from the cartels and drug environment. Uh, damage from fecal matter pollution in our drinking water. Will you discuss this issue? Doesn't matter what side of disaster, Lake Houston is getting polluted. I wonder why Lake Houston is getting polluted because we don't like regulations. So, uh, you know, it's funny. It's funny that, you know, that I, 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 I'm with you, Eric. I believe that we have issues with, uh, with a lot of, uh, you know what? I'm going to take this up. I'm going to take the bait on this one because it's important. I am going to take the bait on this one because it is very important. Uh, let me let I want to uh, Americans. Listen, I'm going to he got me to make a change, a little change to the subject that I think it's important because for all the podcasts, the listeners of the podcast, I want you to know this. People are complaining now, right? There is a there is a a colony. It's a colonia, not colony, but it's a colonial area in, in, in my part, it's close to where I live. It's very poor. It's very ethnic. A lot of people from around the world, when they station in this expensive city, they go there because it's cheap. It's a big, big plot of land. And apparently, I haven't read this piece from, uh, from uh, uh, Eric in detail here, but apparently there's erosion in the, dis in the ditches and all that kind of stuff, right? And he says there's drug cartel activity in this colonia, in this in this uh, area where there are a lot of people concentrated on, right? But they, you know, a lot of stuff stays over there, right? But guess what? There are runoffs apparently from the article. Maybe a little bit of sewage is getting into Lake Houston. Really won't affect our water supply as we, uh, as you know, E. coli and all of that is very much handled by chlorine and all the other filtering that we do with our water system. Right. So uh, Eric wants to really take on the colonias now. He wants government regulation to take all this stuff on. And I'm with him. We need to have government regulation that makes sure that sewage coming from these places don't get into Lake Houston. Let's regulate that. That should be done. But what about right next to the colonia? There are also 
oil oil wells. There are also old oil wells that have been left abandoned for decades. And they've been dumping not, not fecal organic matter into Lake Houston that eventually nature takes its course. These were uh, these are chemicals that actually stay and live forever on the bottom of Lake Houston. These are chemicals from many chemical plants all around the area, drilling, etc. that the government, we don't want a lot of regulations to control that from the corporations, right? We don't want that. But when it comes to something that's going to affect, we really want to demonize these people of color in the colonias right up the road from me. We want to show how these people are messing up with our society. When the people that are doing you more damage, Eric, are the people who are dumping dioxin in your Lake Houston water now that many times we are not even testing for. You know, it, it's amazing. When we allow our intrinsic racism to affect our reality, it actually hurts you more and it hurts you more because what's occurring is the plutocracy is screwing you and you sit down and take it because all they're trying to get you to look at, look at what's happening in the colonias. They're polluting your water. You should be ashamed of yourself, my dear brother. All right, let's go. Because I, I, you've been putting colonias called every single feed when you're listening to our programs. You cut, you're harping on the colonias. You're harping on the colonias. I would love to see you harp like that on the corporations that are polluting the Galveston Bay. I would love to see you harping on the pollution that's occurring every day at those chemical plants in Baytown, in Friendswood, and all these other areas. You see how you think these guys are doing so much wrong? Harp on them as well. Then we'll have, a, we'll have regulations. We'll have all the things necessary, but they have you so messed up in the mind that you don't think regulations are necessary for chemical companies that are polluting your water, but you do think the sewage that's coming from the colonias is a problem. Amazing. An enslaved mentality. All right, continuing. Uh, Michael Rodden says, I've always wondered why as a nation hold on to the past so much when the founders would have so disapproved. Online Library of Liberty. In a letter written to James Madison from Paris just after the French Revolution had broken, Thomas Jefferson argues that any constitution expires after 19 years and must be renewed if it's not to become an act of force and not of right. The question whether one generation of men has a right to bind another seems never to have been started either on this or our side of the world. Water, but between society and society or generation and generation, there is no municipal obligation, no umpire, but the law of nature. We seem not to have perceived that by the law of nature, one generation is to another as one independent nation to another. One similar ground, it may be proved that no society can make a perpetual constitution or even a perpetual law. The earth belongs always to the living generation. Every constitution then and every law naturally expires at the end of 19 years. If it be enforced longer, it is an act of force and not of right. The year the constitution was ratified was also the year the French Revolution broke out and Thomas Jefferson was, was there to witness it. In this letter to John James Madison, Jefferson asks whether or not one generation of men has a right to bind another either in the form of financial debt or political obligation to obey a constitution of laws not contracted by that individual. That is so smart, right? Like I said, I have no loyalty to a, a constitution that originally, did, it originally didn't think much of me. And I think a lot of women should feel the same way about the constitution that didn't even count them, right? So... I mean, uh, thank you for finding that, Michael Rudnan. That is such a good find, Mr. Rudnan. Mike Zizak says we should throw even more uh, limitations on the U.S. Constitution than there already is. That and make it so a third grader can read and understand it. Seems leftists don't understand simple English. Actually, uh, I have a mirror for you, Mike. I have a mirror for you. 
because I think what you're talking about is you you too often are looking in a mirror because of the level of understanding, sir. Level of indirection. All right, let's continue. Uh, vote out the corrupt corp. I agree with you, Hulkin. Break. Lee Grant says no more government funded brinksmanship for a while. We kick the can down the road again. I don't know what you're kicking. I don't know. Eric Hayes says Egberto wants to do away with pledge and flag too, and you want to spit in the face of people that died for it. You know what? A lot of Panamanians, people from where I'm from, during the uh, the Second World War, during the Korean War, came to the United States and fought on the be- behalf of of the of, of America. I don't want to hear it. You're not going to. Uh, you, and my, by the way, the people you guys worship, uh, Donald Trump, he says you only fools fight wars. Okay. So let's get that right. All right. Daniel says, sorry, got here late. I was trying to open a door. So I pulled the fire alarm and the building had to be evacuated. Oops. I know what you're talking about. And I've, I have a subject on that. All right. Let's see. Bruce Pollard says, are women written for white men owning property? Exactly, Bruce. You nailed it, Bruce. You nailed it. As usual, you nailed it, brother. British MCP says, Thomas Jefferson on whether the American Constitution is binding on those who were not born at the time it was signed and agreed in 1789. Thomas Jefferson found in the works of Thomas Jefferson 12 in a letter to James Madison from Paris just after the French Revolution had broken out. Thomas Jefferson argues that any constitution expires after 19 years and must be renewed if it's to become an act of force. I love my peeps. You guys are so good. All right. uh, Let's see. Uh, Daniel Lado says nothing on keep keeping it how it us and just follow it. I don't understand that. Uh, let's see. Eric Hayes says don't make excuses. Discussing when the water turns white. Again, I want you to go ahead. Then the same impetus you have on on the colonias, I want you to have with the corporate corporatocracy. When you start being even handed, we can talk. Lee Grant says progressives being busy chopping at the Constitution and the Bill of Rights for a while, along with traditional values, Christianity. Whose whose traditional values? You know, I have a loving family. I love my family. I love the things that we do. We have very traditional values. It's just not the values of the right wing nuts that that really care little about your children and care little about society in our household. We care about people here in our household. We care about making things equal for all in our household. We have very little in common as far as the belief system of those who want to harm others. So I don't know whose uh, traditional values, traditional values in America wouldn't mind uh, boiling me, wouldn't mind whipping me. Wouldn't mind hanging me. So let's be careful when we talk about traditional values. Brother Grant. All right. Eric says, in the water via... uh, All right. Uh, Let's see what else we've got here. You have to ask why Egberto is defending Colony Ridge. Is his loyalty to his nation or illegal immigrants? My loyalty is to human beings. Thank you. Uh, Michael Rodin says, Inside Climate News, in a new report by Environment America, a Denver-based profit, uh, nonprofit Texas ranks first among U.S. states for toxic uh, discharges into streams, rivers, and lakes. I report, repeat, in the new report by Environment America, a Denver-based nonprofit Texas ranks first among U.S. states for toxic discharges into streams, rivers, and lakes, a a title held by Indiana since the organizations began analyzing nationwide uh, water pollution. Notice it's always red states in 2009 when Texas ranked fourth. The report drew from data that was self-reported by industrial facilities and logged with the EPA. It's tallied 16.7 million pounds of toxic substances released into Texas water in 2020, up uh, to 13.2, up from 13.2 in 2007. Luke Metzger, director of Environment Texas, the local affiliate of Environment America, said Texas has a pretty lax regulatory environment where it is very easy to permit new polluting facilities and very difficult to get fined for violations. They know they'll likely get away with it. So again, Eric, I repeat, as you worry about a little bit of feces coming in from the colonias into Lake Houston, think about all the corporations that are polluting with dioxins and other heavy metals and chemicals into our waterways. Again, 
we how all we you know what these guys use your your prejudice against uh immigrants your prejudice against people of color so that you can see what they're doing as being so wrong feces getting into the water supply but the corporations at the same time making money on you as they dump chemicals into your waterways and you just let it go you don't think about it it's okay uh, Bridge MCP says, Egberto, Colony Ridge developer disputes illegal immigrant cartel accusations, source making cartel immigrations claim tied to a white nationalist organization. That's to be expected, of course. That's how they were. They saw their role, Bridge. A Daily Wire article came out earlier this month citing Republicans fear the Colony Ridge development hundreds of miles from the U.S.-Mexico border was selling affordable land to immigrants and cartel workers, but the accusations seem entirely unfounded. One agency lies at the center of the right-wing rhetoric plaguing the seemingly typical development. The only thing setting the community apart is perhaps its scale, which with six neighborhoods sprawling across hundreds of acres in what was once a small bedroom community outside of Houston. Yeah, it's a small town on the on the near the near the banks of Lake Houston. That's what really gets it. You know, like I said, it's always easy to rile up a a particular group of people when it comes. You just put brown people or black people in a place, you you create a lie and then they'll run with it, right? Because it it knocks on their inner prejudice. That's what happens. That's how they allow them to screw themselves, right? Like I said, the corporations like the oil companies and the chemical companies are dumping crap all over and don't want regulations. And these are the same people defending those guys. No regulation, no regulation. Now we got a few canals dumping a few bit of organic material into the lake. And oh, it's the end of the world. I got it. We, we understand you quite well. Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard, our beautiful Melanie Keelan. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, there is nothing bigger than beating down a person's uh, complacency about prejudice. Thanks, Egberto, for doing that every day. We must do that. Uh, E2247, I'm ashamed of myself for having and, and living my own prejudices. Being in PDR Posse each day really helps me quench that hateful fire I have in me. Thank you, my brother. Uh, I'm a scientist, so I must rely on science. There's no such thing as distinct Jewish or black or Hispanic or Italian, Arabic or illegals race. Exactly. But, you know, it's so hard for people to look at the things that don't matter as somehow identifying someone. You, you nailed it. There's not even any of these types. There's just homo sapiens and some chickens i guess <laughs> so that leads me to these two considerations egberto kick the can down the road either taking up talking about 45 day delay until the government shut down again or he's talking about this mission democracy pack anti-fascism ad uh what is that about oops i can't play that Oh, 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 can't play that yet i gotta re listen to it first what does white supremacy in american christianity mean Network lobby. Uh, thank you for that. And just politics. It may be nationalism, but you want to call it Christian. Amazing. All right. Continuing. Eric Hayes is even handedly. Any solution should be dealt with. Well, I've never heard you come on this air when when uh, Channel 13 or anybody with your limited coverage talk about what the corporations are dumping into the water or after a fire, what they've allowed to enter. I have not yet heard 48,000 gallons is not a lot compared to the size of Lake Houston. All right, I've never heard you make a mention of any of that Eric Hayes about any chemical company doing something wrong. Daniel Ledo, okay, question answered. He just stated that he has no loyalty to the Constitution of the United States, but he seems to not have a problem enjoying the rights it protects. Egberto is ungrateful and slanderous if a country why that uh, took him in. First of all, America didn't take me in. I came to America as a legal, legal immigrant, just like Americans go other places as legal immigrant. You don't have the right to take me in. All right. I follow the laws of a particular land. You don't have the right to take me in. Let's get that clear. Uh, in other words, I am not I'm not subservient to you in any form, Mr. Lido, at all, at all. Egberto should be deported for lying under oath. No, you should be deported for not being an, uh, for not being the proper type of American. 
what we say about that. Let's go ahead and talk to some natives and, and tell them to deport you for going against many of the treaties that supposedly the United States of America filed. So you see, you don't have any power over any immigrant. Anybody who gets to America and lands on America, I say get to stay in America. If they were ingenious enough to get here, just like the pilgrims did, and anybody else who did that stayed here, anybody who gets a chance to get around immigration and stay here, and I repeat this, I, don't, I want to control our borders, but if you're smart enough to get around our controls, that means you're smart enough to be an American. All right? I know a lot of you won't agree with me, but I am tired of, of people that are descendants of those who pilfered to, to, to run this country, somehow want to, be, uh, want to demean those who are coming over the border right now. This country was gotten on genocide, and you're going to have the nerve to try to, uh, to try to demean these people that are coming over here just for a job. Most of them are going right back with some money back home but they just want a job and you're going to demean them. They didn't come over here and pill for people. When, uh, when my brother uh, um, Lee Grant talks about values, traditional values, they're trying to change that. Remember, people came to this country in different forms. The Europeans came here and pilfered to get it. They killed, they genocide, they enslaved. Those are the things. There's that traditional values. The people that are coming over the border right now, they're simply coming saying, I need, I need, I need, I need to work. I want to work. And you guys have work. To all my immigrants that are listening right now, every immigrant that's listening right now, lift your head up high. Do not allow anybody to make you feel less than. Many of you that are coming over here, it's because of our policies in Latin America. It's because of our policies in Central America that many Americans in here are, have not been made aware of, and they are too unaware, to, are too lazy to go ahead and investigate. Why is there a flood of people coming through the jungles of Darien in Panama to come to the United States, the country that has much of Venezuela in the state that it is right now? But, you know, we don't teach history. We don't want people to get critical thinking. So you don't know what happened with Carlos Andres Perez when he was president of Venezuela, the, the last quasi-democratic socialist president of Venezuela. You don't hear these stories. You just hear what the right wing wants to tell you and you act on shallowness. Brothers and sisters, let's learn. That's what we're here for. All right. Uh, let's continue. Uh, Michael Rowan said, I swear conservatives miss the forest for the trees. They're worried about shit in the water, then complain about government regulations, not realizing that government is one of the four last bastions against unfettered corporate power as corporations pollute the world and profiteer for their damage. And then they, they ask us to pay to clean it up, too. That's the funny part, right? All right. Let's see what else. But he says, it is the white people that forces themselves in in the, <laughs> it's amazing. Thanks for correcting that. Uh, uh, Daniel says, we have the right to keep you out. We are the only ones who can let you in. Keep it up. Your radical thinking is exposed. You have no right. I'm an American citizen. You have no right to do anything on me. I have the same right that you have, brother. Okay. I have the same right you have. You have inherited right from whomever your immigrant parents were that got over here. And some of them, I don't know your full history, but some of them may be, not some of them, I'm pretty sure many have been complicit in harming many. Okay? All right, let's continue. Lee Grant, what about if an illegal's ingenuity on getting uh, here involve him killing others who do it? Look, killing by anybody is wrong. Killing by the pilgrims was wrong. Uh, the genocide affected by all those who killed and took land, the, all the land in West Texas that was owned by, that not owned because the, 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 the indigenous didn't believe in owning land. You don't own something that's in the, in the uh, commons. They believe in the commonality of land. We, not we, Europeans believe they could come here, conquer land, take it, and genocide people off of their land. That's what they're believing. Two different belief systems. Which one is traditional values or which traditional values are more humane is a question to be asked. 
Okay, like I said, the immigrants are coming over here for a job. The pilgrims and the settlers came over here to conquer and to take and and kill for what they've had. Anybody who wants to discuss that? Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's go to the first video today, folks, today, today, or rather on October 1st, a lot of the great experiments that were done under the pandemic the the pandemic times right the time of covid they're expiring the good thing about it is that we proved that it worked child care worked the 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 working supply expanded so our productivity expanded as more workers more efficient workers were out there you know we were supposed to be in a recession we didn't get into a recession for several reasons Keynesian plus MMT works. We went ahead and we gave money to parents so they could, or to institutions so their kids could go and get childcare at a preferred rate, at an affordable rate, which allowed them to go to work and be a part of the economy. They paid more taxes, more money circulated, more money circulated. It kept the, the, the economy inflated. We gave we gave subsidies to poor parents, which took a lot of kids out of poverty. But taking them out of poverty meant those parents were out there buying products, doing things, right? Economy going up. And then student loans were put on pause with the expectation that they would be forgiven, right? What that meant is that instead of having to give your money to bankers for loans that they didn't inherently give, they're just administering these loans for the government, right? Instead of taking those billions of dollars every month out of the economy, people use that money to buy homes, cars, and a whole lot of things because, again, the, that, that debt that they acquired by many times fraudulent means, or, or not fraudulent is the word I should use is uh, um, that they didn't do, that they fooled people into these debts. The government was saying, you know, we need to start at ground zero. All that money lent itself back into the economy. In other words, it wasn't just going to rich bankers back or it wasn't just going back into, into not doing anything. The money kept on working. Well, three programs expired. The student loan, uh, the student loan uh, break that people get from paying on their student loans, it's, not, it's back in action. Uh, child care is back as well as subsidies. Let's listen to this report and then we'll take it on the other side because I love the way he explained it. The end of three major COVID era safety net programs that have been helping tens of millions of Americans for the years plus. Joining now at the big board, NBC News correspondent Noah Pransky. Noah, so let's talk about these government programs. They are expiring tomorrow. What does this mean in terms of changes for Americans who are depending on them to get by? And I guess the big question is, could they be resurrected eventually? So there are alternatives. But the thing we should reiterate here is this is irrespective of what's happening in the Capitol right now. These were already scheduled years earlier to expire on October 1st. Three of the big safety net programs expiring this weekend. The student loan pause you've probably heard about, but also child care subsidies and food assistance. Dive into these one by one here. The student loan pause affecting over 40 million Americans. Since March 2020, those payments have been on pause, no interest accumulating to only in the last month. Point out here, Donald Trump was the one who first instituted this. So three and a half years of subsidies, $200 billion invested by the government into this. Some say that has helped stabilize the economy and uh, inject consumer spending. The other side of that, of course, some economists believe that has contributed to inflation. The Biden administration wants you to know, though, if you're a student loan borrower, there is a new program introduced in January called the SAVE program. It is income driven. If you are low income, you may not have to make any payments at all, including as this restarts. However, based on your income, 4 million people have signed up. 
But you can see that is far from the 40 plus million who might be eligible. Biden administration wants to get the word out about that. The other big one here, the child care cliff. For two and a half years, since the Biden administration passed this bill with Democrats in early 2021, there have been subsidies going into communities to support child care so parents could get back into the workplace. But with this expiring, three million kids could lose access to that care in the top state. The top economy here that could be impacted, according to the Progressive Century Foundation, Texas. It doesn't have the same state safety nets as other big states like New York or California. 300 plus thousand kids could lose care starting this week and 70,000 childcare programs across the country could close. One poll last year found that 43% of programs say you would have no choice when these subsidies end but to raise prices on parents. And the other one here, food assistance, mm. formerly known as food stamps, now called SNAP. These changes go into effect this week and it will restart work requirements that were on pause, always designed to be a temporary pause, but those go back into place. And the thing that's new here is that 50 plus, there will be new restrictions on some recipients over the age of 50. Previously, it was only up to the age of 49. But one of the stipulations that was agreed upon between House, Senate and the White House to keep the government open with the debt limit earlier this year was to new add new requirements for 50 to 54 years old. Those will begin phasing in immediately this weekend. So for some people, they will face new requirements they hadn't seen before. All told, maybe up to a million people could lose food assistance starting October 1st. Add it all up, 44 million, 47 million, 48 million people across America. We'll see these changes in addition to what's happening with the shutdown. The silver lining potentially, according to some economists, pulling some of this money and these subsidies out of the economy might help with the ongoing inflation problem. I want you guys to notice something that this guy said, and, and it's really very evil, that if you have an economic system that says the following, put in some of your residents in pain. Some economists believe that by inflicting this pain on people, it will reduce inflation rates. And why will it reduce inflation rates? Because it'll reduce demand. And if you reduce demand, the corporate thugs will start to say, oh, we better lower our prices so we can get rid of this inventory. An evil economic system. It's as opposed to saying, oh, uh, these guys should not be getting these windfall profits from the misery of others. But anyway, another thing that's quite obvious with what we just saw here. Think about it. You know, New York and California, the states that that conservatives like to malign, those people in those states won't do as badly as Texas. We are losing over 300,000 kids that are going to be left without child care. Over 300,000 kids. So much for family values. So much for family values. That is how I find, that is how, uh, you know, you think about it. Anyway, let's see. Bree says, no, silly. I'm okay with any of it. Dumb question, but just think, uh, think it's, it's, I don't see, okay. I didn't follow that particular thing. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. i see if I have some, if I miss your comment, uh, you can also put it in again, because so many came in while I was playing that that I kind of lost count. Uh, I'm going down to the end. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Anyway, I have another video to show. Uh, Jake Tapper ridicules uh, that that clown um, Matt Gates for what he attempted to do. So let's play some Matt Gates and then we'll take it on the other side. So where's Matt Gates? Where's Matt Gates? Matt Gates is right here, right there. I guess Matt Gates wanted to put uh, McCarthy on notice. He wanted him to know that come this week, he is going to call motion to vacate. He's going to get rid of the speaker. And to what, what he says is that, you know what? If Matt, if uh, McCarthy ends up a speaker by the end of the week, it's because the Democrats uh, would have owned him. The Democrats would have supported him. But he is he's a goner. Of course, most of the Democrats are coming out and saying they're not going to give a lifeline to uh, to McCarthy. Of course, I think there may be some underhanded deals that uh, McCarthy already got for keeping the government open. That's my hunch. But who am I? But anyway. Uh, above and beyond, 
Jake Tapper did a great thing. He pretty much ridiculed uh, Matt Gates, who came into the studio live, but he did it with a hunk of class. So I want you to check this out and then we'll take it out on the other side. Because this is important. You have to, you have to uh, make these guys exactly who they are. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. Speaker McCarthy argues that he had a bill on Friday that would have put forward less spending than what actually has now become the law for the next 45 days. That would have gone to the Senate. The Senate would have voted for their own bill. And then in a conference committee, there would have been a negotiation. And what would have become the law of the land for the next 45 days would have been less spending than what actually is now the bill. Take a listen to Speaker McCarthy. Look, I welcome those 21 back in and we would get a better and more conservative bill if they would simply vote with us. Their argument is your point about debt and deficit spending, which is not an inaccurate point, was actually harmed by the stunt, by the temper tantrum of the government shutdown. Well, that argument presupposes that the Senate was going to take up or conference that bill that McCarthy wanted. You already had Schumer speaking on the floor saying that they weren't even going to take that yeah, but up. There would have been a conference committee and there would have that's been, had to have been a negotiation. First of all, that's never ha- so what you're saying is that something would have occurred that has never occurred to negotiate a continuing resolution. I have never seen a conference committee in my seven years in Congress, and I don't think one has occurred since the mid-90s where a continuing resolution has ever been conferenced. So you're asking your viewers to believe something that has never once happened. What has happened when the House has passed a continuing resolution is the Senate merely negotiates the feature of that continuing resolution by sending back what they want to send back, which is what they did. So we were always ending up here. Here's what I want to, here's where I want to break the fever. Since the mid-90s, this country has been governed by either continuing resolution or omnibus spending. And you have voted for continuing resolution in the past. Well, I'm I'm five years sober voting for continuing resolutions. And I should uh, note that during those years, President Trump was growing the economy. But January marked a difference. Yeah. And you know what? Growing the deficits as well. I regret growing the deficits as well. But we were growing the economy. And look, look, you're talking about the national debt. You were growing. What did he what did he add? Seven trillion dollars, eight trillion dollars to the national debt. I did not stand with Donald Trump on all of his spending priorities. I voted against it way more than My I voted My point is, for. I don't know what this shutdown did to help the cause. What, shut, what shutdown? The, the shutdown that almost happened. Okay, so there, there wasn't a shutdown. So The, so the threat, of, the threat of shutdown that you created. We have to break the fever. We have to move to single so subject spending a, bills. So you broke a fever? No, we didn't, unfortunately. That's the, why we have to now move to vacate because we have to get a system where the House and Senate will negotiate over each of these agencies of government independently. And I understand that in divided government, that means that you have to take into account the views of Senate Democrats, the views of the White House. But what I want to- You wanna, do? Of you course. understand? That? Of course, because you're on the floor of the House talking about what Kevin McCarthy needs to do is to allow line item vetoes by people that, like that's you. Not true. Line item votes against the salaries of people who are investigating Donald Trump, the salaries of individuals who are offering sweetheart deals to Hunter Biden. That, to me, is not the language of somebody who understands the balance of power and House and the Senate well, and how the, it, all legislation actually functions. Well, I, that I is, think that I do. Is, that, to me, is the I, language well, Jake, of somebody who is looking for uh, clicks and likes and Fox hits, not somebody who actually is trying to reduce the debt. Matt Gates, the little precocious little you know what, but we're too classy to say exactly what he is. We won't do a, what Donald Trump did in California over the weekend where he simply went, uh, he simply went, I think, crazy, uh, pretty crazy. But Matt Gates is uh, someone who simply wants to disrupt Congress and he thinks with his little precocious self and having a small majority in Congress that somehow he can accomplish something. I tell you what, I think this is the week he crashes and burns. And the reason why is sometimes when you have a little bit of power, trying to exert too much of that little power can cost you all. And I think this is exactly where we're heading with Gates. He'll keep on being the boisterous person, but he will be that paper tiger going forward. Good job, Jake Tapper. Absolutely good job, Jake Tapper. I have another one here where we had both Republicans and Democrats on a panel talking about something we all know. 
Republicans have absolutely nothing to offer in this uh, society. Absolutely nothing. And, uh, you know, Donald Trump just happened to have made it a lot worse. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. Jake Tapper had an interesting panel on today in which he discussed what the Republicans have to offer. Uh, one of the panelists said he cannot figure out what Republicans want to do to move society forward, to move Americans forward. And the Republican panelists on the uh, on as well, just about echoed the same. Interestingly, uh, what Jake Tapper did was play the segment of Donald Trump speech, actually several little seg uh, segments of Donald Trump's speech where he showed how crude he was, how uncivil he was. He went after Nancy Pelosi. He went after, I mean, it was just barbaric, the things that he had to say. And then they came back. I want you to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. I have no idea what it is the Republican Party wants to do in the United States of America that's going to solve problems for people. Say what you will about the Contract for America. It had a program. I remember, I'm old enough to remember when Republicans had conservative ideas to solve problems like cap and trade was a Republican idea to deal with the environment. Uh, the healthcare marketplace that Governor Romney had was a Republican idea to deal with healthcare. What is the conservative market oriented solution to the 23% of Americans oh who are in the sandwich watch, generation who are trying to deal with their kids who have learning loss from COVID. So let us, I don't know what the Republican plan is. Well, let us hear from one of the leaders of the Republican Party right now, Donald Trump, who leads <laughs> all the polls to be the presidential uh, nominee. He was in California at the Republican Party convention in California. And here is some of what he had to say uh, to the delegates there. If you rob a store, you can fully expect to be shot as you are leaving that store. If somebody's beating you by 10, 15 or 20 points like we're doing with crooked Joe Biden, let's indict the mother Let's indict. Who will stand up to crazy Nancy Pelosi who ruined San Francisco. How's her husband doing, by the way? He's still suffering from that. And like, it's still painful for that. This is her, her husband of, of many decades. She loves him and it's painful for her to, you know, and he's making light of it. it this is the exact type of extremism cruelty that is eroding the foundations of our democracy and that Americans are rejecting, that I am rejecting, that we ran against in 2022, wholesalely rejected for the first time in West Michigan history. And Americans are rejecting it across the board and they're going to reject it again. Uh, what people want to hear, Jake, and to answer Jamal, close the border, right? We've got to secure our border. We've got to figure out what we're going to do with the immigration. We've got an immigration crisis in America, right? Mm -hmm. we, you, you, you talked to AOC about this. You know, we've got to figure out how we, what we do with our spending, right? right? We, you know, she says, oh, you know, the rich aren't paying their taxes. Listen, the top 1% of wage earners in America make 24% of the income, pay about 50% of taxes. The bottom 50% pay about 2% of taxes. I think well, she's we, talking we, about the top 0.01%. Oh, okay, but oh, my, my point, there are, listen, there is a yeah. marketplace of ideas. American people deserve better. They deserve a debate on these ideas. Yes, I, I agree. You know, I the Republican strategy, I'm still waiting for the strategy that takes gas down from five dollars at the pump. Yeah. The United States re release some strategic oil preserves. Listen, we've had incomes go up. We've seen wage, uh, wages go up for, for Americans. Inflation is going down. We're growing the economy from the middle class house of president says from the bottom up. The Republicans do not have a plan to help the middle of America solve its problems. And, 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 before, I, I want to take what uh, that Republican panelist said lastly. I mean, he, he, he came up and he said, oh, wait a minute. Uh, just I, I, I think 10% of the rich pays something like 50% of all the taxes. And, you know, he thought he was saying something positive to to say it somehow like the other folks are stragglers not realizing is that is the exact outcome of income and wealth inequality if all the money and wealth is accumulated by the few then the few are the only ones that will have the kind of monies to pay taxes and that's where we what we have they accumulate all of the money and they want to pay 
less taxes on all the money they have acquired from the rest of us, that they have pilfered from the rest of us. So let's be clear here. Whenever you hear somebody talk about, well, look, all those rich people are paying more of the taxes, accept it. It is true. But the only reason they're paying most of the taxes is because they took all of our money and you pay taxes as a percentage of the money and that they are paying that much of the uh, well, uh, of their wealth into our coffers shouldn't be something these Republicans should want you to hear. Because any thinking person realizes immediately if they're paying most of the taxes is because they have all the money. So I just want to get that out of the way. But what uh, the, the, the Democratic panelists had to say uh, afterwards was important where he talks about, well, yeah, it's true, but inflation is coming down. Wages are going up, et cetera. Unfortunately, I think that's not enough for Biden to say that's not enough for Democratic panelists to say, because there are a lot of people that are just not feeling that Um, uh, median and averages doesn't help half the people. So let's be clear, half or more of the people don't get help when we look at things in from the median standpoint or from the average standpoint. That's a mathematical thing. So anyhow, it is important that this message be honed in on the other side has nothing to offer to middle America, to poor America. Not one thing. You have a president that's unhinged that goes out there and talks about shooting people that goes out there and talk or praise Nancy Pelosi for uh, having had her husband injured by one of his followers. It's simply a mess. We, all right. Uh, I, I think uh, you better do your research, Senora, Mister, um, uh, Mister Hayes, about uh, cities with crime. I think you you have a distinct misunderstanding of all of that. Anyhow, folks, I have one more piece that I need to play for you. AOC uh, came to the defense of Jamal Bowman. Who pulled the fire alarm? He said he pulled it because the door was closed and he hoped that by pulling an alarm, I guess the automatic systems would open the door and he'll be able to get out. That's his story. And, uh, you know, AOC came on TV and when asked about it, she defended him to the core as she should. Because the false equivalence that many of the Republicans are trying to do, lock him up, uh, expel him from Congress. You hadn't heard that for when it came to Santos, who's actually a fraudster. You didn't hear that from Donald Trump, who has ripped off just about everybody. So let's go ahead and play that right this minute, and then we'll take it on the other side. There was an interesting moment uh, over the weekend when your New York colleague, Congressman Jamal Bowman, and he's under investigation for this now after Capitol Police say he pulled a fire alarm mm-hmm. in one of the House office buildings. Democrats were trying to delay a vote, a final vote on the bill. Uh, there he is uh, pulling the fire alarm. He says it was an accident. He thought pulling the alarm would open a door uh, based on the fact that the doors to his right there were locked. And there was a sign that he said he was con- I think someone said it was confusing. I'll be honest, it doesn't really make sense to me, his explanation. Have you talked to him? What's going on? I mean, listen, I think if you actually do see some of the photos of the signs, I think there's there's something to be said about the government's about to shut down. There's a vote clock that's going down. The exits that are normally open in that building were suddenly closed. He pulled a fire alarm. So I'm I'm what I am here to say is that. House administration and U.S. Capitol Police and Jamal Bowman are inactive and he's fully participating in saying there was a misunderstanding. But what I do think is important to raise is the fact that Republicans, representatives like Nicole Maliotakis and others, immediately moved to file motions to censure, motions to expel before there, before there has even been conversations that are that are finished to even see if there was a misunderstanding here. But what they did do while they did that, what they did not do was to commit to the same, 
when George Santos was actually found guilty after a thorough investigation of 13 federal charges. He's indicted on everything from wire fraud to actual lying of of House investigators. And they have been buddying up and giggling with him on the House floor. And they are protecting someone who has lied to the American people, lied to the United States House of Representatives, lied to congressional investigators. But they're fire, uh, filing a motion of to expel a member who, in a moment of panic, was trying to escape a vestibule. Give me a break. And so the idea that there is somehow any kind of equivalence to someone who is actively trying to clear up a situation that he himself admits he's embarrassed. He released a statement last night. He apologized. And they are protecting someone who has not only committed wire fraud, not only defrauded veterans, not only lied to congressional investigators, but is openly gloating about it, is absolutely humiliating to the Republican caucus. And I think that they should really check their own values. There's another Republican who's been indicted also that they've been defending, but we, yes, we don't, but we don't have the time to go into all of those uh, charges, 91 of them. <laughs> I like the whip at the end from, uh, from El Senor uh, Tapper. He really said, you know, there's another one with 91 indictments that you're also defending. That is true. Anyway, folks, 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 please continue to support our program. Name of please go to politicsandright.com slash support. Again, that is politicsandright.com slash support to support the program. Uh, Politics and Right, uh, we cannot do this without you. There are many different ways in which you can support on that particular link. Also, please consider becoming a paid member of our newsletter. The newsletter can be found at politicsandright.com slash newsletter, politicsandright.com slash newsletter. Please, please, please become a part of our network. Become a part of our PDR posse. Yeah, Bruce, time flies. You know, I, I feel if somebody tells me time flies as they're listening to Politics and Right makes me happy. That means we're keeping your attention. Love you guys. You know, anyhow, don't forget, support the program, please. I, tr- I remember, uh, for those of you who complained about this more uh, this at uh, the beginning of a show, where I had a lot to do, so it took us a long time with the intro playing for a while. That's why I need help. So please support the program, politicsdoneright.com slash support is how you can find all the different methods of supporting the program or go to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter, politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter to help us really get this thing done. Anyway, I got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Tell me, what am I again? I am right out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.